the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In addition to taking care of one another inside the church, what if we developed a lifestyle taking care of the most needy outside the walls of the church? How would that change the community and our city? Bob Moffat, president and founder of Harvest Foundation in Phoenix, along with Pastor Julian Gibb, talk with pastors and leaders about how sacrificial love by those in the church to those in need outside the church has helped people see and embrace Jesus Christ. It's that demonstration of Jesus' greatest commandment that we'll hear more about today on The Kingdom and Its Stories. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are around the world, a warm welcome to the show. You are listening to The Kingdom and Its Stories. My name is Julian Gibb from the Harvest Foundation. And what is this radio station that you've just tuned into? Well, it's a radio station that is discussing how we as Christians are called to be to serve as Jesus' hands and feet. How can we be used by Christ in order to share his love, to share his word, both through teaching of the word, but also through deed? doing those two together. And so today we have the honor of having a brother from India, Pastor Singh, join us. So Pastor Singh, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, uh, Pastor Julian, uh, dear brother, brother, warm welcome. Well, uh, brother, as I said before, indeed, you are the interesting one. I'm not trying to flatter you, uh, or I should say the Lord has made you the interesting one, Father. You know, brother, you um, you have quite quite a story to tell, and so um, I'm not going to say too much. I'm going I'm going to ask you, brother, to to tell us uh, go back all the way from um, uh, your childhood and uh, where you know how you were raised. Were you a, were you a Christian? And um, so t- tell us tell us a little bit about your your childhood and your young adulthood. Uh, thank you, Pastor Julian. Uh, or asking me about my childhood. I was born into a Hindu home, and even my previous generations, uh, two, three generations, were born into Hinduism. And uh, yeah, so we had no history of Christianity. In our home, we were, we were just the followers of many gods and goddesses. Uh, in fact, uh, we have plenty, so 33 millions of god and goddesses. So that's, uh, that was my lie. And right from my childhood, I was, and my mother was a devoted Hindu woman. So she tried to raise me up with Hindu traditions, rituals, and, and to make me a better practitioners of Hinduism. Uh, but then, from my childhood, I was kind of uh, not doing well on my body. I was falling sick, and uh, and because of the sickness on my body, uh, I was really not a uh, wanted child, either at home or uh, the outside. Uh, but to cut the story short, when 
I got into my age 15, uh, the early 15, uh, my body got worse because I was found with a liver disease. Uh, so I was just sick and dying, just waiting for my death. And my mom would uh, take me to different temples and praised and and in, in the temples, the priest would, you know, like throw some uh, yellow powders on me, thinking that I, I would get healed or, or throw cow urine because cow is called to be holy animals. So just sprinkle the cow urine on me and and speak some uh, religious uh, chanting on me so that I would get healed. Uh, but nothing was working out. I was my situation was getting worse to worse, and all the village doctors uh, that uh, used to treat the plant medicines because that's the only thing in a China village we had after all these rituals. So the doctor said, like, your boy is going to die. Uh, he's not going to cross fifteen, and if he cross fifteen, then it must be divine. So something else is happening. So he's going to die. So the whole family really, they were expecting and my death. There was no hope that I would ever live back again. And uh, yeah, that was uh, my, you know, up to the 15 of my age, that was the situation. Uh, then one Christian businessman uh, happened to be in my tiny village he, he he actually didn't come for sharing the gospel, but uh, later on we found out that he has a practice or habits. Wherever he goes, he tells people about Jesus and he leaves the place. So he happened to meet my mother on the streets of our little tiny remote village. And, uh, and just on the way, it's like there was a signal from heaven for both of them to just just hang on and talk. Uh, so this gentleman was very, very friendly and polite and asked my mom, how are you doing? She said, what should I tell you? My son is going to die and and we are hopeless. We are desperate. We, we don't know what to do. So that is the kind of things my mom said to the Christian businessman. Then he said, would you like to take the name Jesus and try Jesus can heal your son. That's all he said and left. And my mother comes back to the tiny little room where I was just sleeping like a dog, you know, and just sleeping one side because the physical pain and struggle was so much that I cannot do anything with my body. Even drops of water, I cannot drink. Everything or no food can go in, into my stomach. Everything I eat or drink, I used to vomit it. Immediately it comes out. So I just sleep one side, just squeezing my body in a little couch, and and just I don't know how I survive those many. Uh, those many months and my mother comes and uh, she has never called the name Jesus in his in her life never ever she has called many other God and goddesses name but she has never ever called the name Jesus in her life so she said like uh, she, she wanted to call she wanted to, to call so she said Jesus and with she doesn't know how to call but with her brokenness and desperate situation 
she said few things with a broken words and she said jesus i heard you are a healer so would you please come and heal my boy and rest of his life he will serve you and i tell you it was instant uh, a, a power of god coming through my body from the head to the toe all through my body power of god passing through my body and i just all of a sudden i felt like something has touched my body and i got strength and energy and i got appetites and big smile on my face and i woke up from the couch and it was like little heaven coming down to my, to that little tiny room where i was sleeping uh, so so it was amazing for us uh, because how would jesus could discover someone dying out in a big nations like india out of 1.3 billion of people how would how did jesus knew <laughs> this one person dying in a tiny little room that was very interesting and i was instantly healed and uh, part of that story is like my father actually did not like me uh, i i was not wanted by my father because of because of my sickness and as a hindu followers of religions he, we really he expressed bitterness and hatredness and sometimes he doesn't even like to see me face to face but after he saw the conversion after he saw the change in my life transformation in my life christ touching my body and healing me and literally it's a resurrection experience in my body from death to life uh, then my father you know like he was amazed to see and he said he was just amazed and he just began to uh, you know just understand that this is certainly jesus because my father my mother reminded time and again that this is certainly jesus jesus visited our home and though we did not like him we did not invite him but he he he, he just came into our home and, and i was instantly you know, just healed and gave my life to jesus and a great joy came into our home and we were super excited thrilled and and just filled with joy and it, it was amazing all experience even today when i remember that i i i just felt that power how miraculous it is how powerful it is how could jesus discover someone like me in the midst of more than 1 billions of people in india i i don't know where to start brother <laughs> just <laughs> giggling like a little schoolboy you know just at, at, at the joy of hearing this and so let, let let me get a few things straight so you said you know you uh, as the doctors had said you know and uh, had confirmed you were in great pain uh, unable to move and you were in, in, in all intents and purposes you were dying uh, there as you were lying down and then uh, your mother put a uh, a broken prayer out to Jesus Christ broken in the words I don't mean in meaning but in as in the words um, and and you, you were saying immediately you became well uh, yes instantly the moment she started calling the name jesus immediately it was like jesus was ready with his cell phone to pick up the call of my mother <laughs> respond to the call was instantly so what 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 was going through your mind because i mean uh to this you know you were in 
intense pain, which must have just been consuming, you know, consume your body, consume your brain, you know, consume, consume everything, your thoughts, you're, you're in this constant pain, which is draining the life out of you. And then suddenly you are well, I mean, what, so what, what's going through your mind at this point in time? I, it was a kind of a, a, a transition in my thinking. It was a change, an immediate change in my thinking. How could something like this happen all of a sudden? And what is this power is all about? The power came and touched my body. And the, whose power is this? That's what came into my mind and heart. And then my mother said, don't you, don't you think, uh, don't you understand that the moment I took the name Jesus, so this is Jesus' power in your body. That was was confirmed. Wow, and and then so your your mother, obviously having not been a Christian before, but yeah. had seen the power of Jesus work directly in 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 her life in the life of her son. Uh, so you know, clearly, she she became a believer uh, through the great. Well, it's a miracle. It's a biblical miracle, you know, from the from the the days of two thousand years ago, and so. Uh, but your your father, you know, so you were saying up to this point, he didn't even like to look at you. Uh, you know, your your illness had uh, made, meant that you weren't useful to him, and he 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 didn't he didn't really want to be with you. Uh, tell me about uh, after you were healed. Tell me about his journey of transformation. Uh, when he saw the healing on my body, uh, the smile on my face. It was altogether an impact on his life. It was impact on his life. And he kind of felt ashamed because the way he behaved me. He was rude on me. Uh, it was just one room home, but he would intentionally skip. He would not like to appear much before me. So he, he would uh, try to skip or it's hard for him to see my face. Uh, he, he really regretted giving me birth. You know. He regretted that I'm his son and I was good for nothing and I'm not a useful child. So that was his kind of bitter thinking and feeling. But the transformations in my life immediately begin to touch his heart uh, because suddenly Jesus has healed my son and and I was I never thought uh, something like this would happen, and I was ashamed of his sickness. But now he began to feel like, oh, this is God's power, Jesus' power. So I, I really want to believe on the Jesus. So he himself kind of responded, and uh, he said, I want the same Jesus into in, in my life, the one who has changed your life. So it was not a formal gospel served to him. Uh, because none of us were given a formal gospel served to us. <laughs> it was the, just the direct visitation of God, Jesus into a home and healing that was led. So that's how we end up giving his life to Jesus. And we become good friends, actually. <laughs> we looked at each other, not like, you know, he was bad. He was not behaving well. But we looked at each other as a he, was, he became my best papa. <laughs> I became his best son. So it's, it was a wonderful experience of how we can love on each other because Christ came into our lives and into his life. <laughs> so, so, so uh, immediately from uh, putting out a prayer request to 
a god you didn't know, your mother didn't know, uh, hadn't learned about, hadn't gone to theological college for six years to learn about, you know, predestination and the rapture and all these sorts of things, put out a prayer to God and immediately there was physical healing and also relational healing, you know, physical healing and then relationship between father and son, between human to human. I mean, it's, <laughs> this is the, the, this is an amazing story, brother, and it's a, it's an honor and an encouragement to, to to hear it. And just in case you tuned in, you're listening to the Kingdom and its stories. And my well, forget who I am. <laughs> We're talking to my brother, Pastor Singh here. And Pastor <clears throat> Singh was uh, from a small village in India, and uh, he was suffering with uh, a great illness and was. Uh, uh, told that he wouldn't survive past 15 years old. Um, the family relationship was broken. And yet through a simple prayer, both physical and relational healing in the family took place immediately. So, brother, so so, so then what? You know, I, 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 it's wonderful to, to hear your message for, for many reasons. And uh, one is, I know in uh, my country, England, and uh, here in, in the beautiful United States of America, uh, sometimes we over-intellectualize uh, the faith. You know, we, uh, let, let's just pick me. Let's just say, talk about me. You know, it's kind of like, I need to know everything, you know, about, about hermeneutics. I need to know the Greek and Hebrew language. I need to know everything, you know, in order to get Christianity into a box and then and then, and then I'll be uh, able to be have a relationship with Jesus Christ, and yet you've just proven that to can be not not that it's useless, not that learning about the Bible is is very important, but it, you're telling us that it's about a relationship as well. Yes. Amen. Amen. So, so brother, tell us more. So, so you're suddenly healed, uh, miraculous healing. Then what happens? What happens in your yeah. life? And uh, uh, we never had a Bible, actually, in, in our home. And we, we haven't seen a Bible before that. Mm. And uh, after the transformations, uh, almost after two months, uh, somebody gave an old, torn Bible to my mother, secretly. And she picked that Bible and uh, and she was kind of uh, uh, reminded me, son, do you know that when I prayed to Jesus, what did I pray? Jesus, come and heal, and rest of his life, my son will serve you. That's what she prayed. So uh, that was early 16. I'm crossing 15 miraculously. <laughs> and early 16. And I had to leave my home because I was conformed deep down in my heart that this is God's call in my life and rest every day. I'm going to spread this news of Jesus visiting our home in the midst of more than a billions of people. So this is a unique experience and we don't want this to be hidden. We want to, I want to spread this out like a wildfire all across the nations of India. And uh, I began my journey, early 16, with an old torn Bible and a backpack and hardly $3. That's all she could give me. But my mother said, son, the Jesus who visited our home, he's with you. Rest all the days of your life. 
and I left left the home early sixteen and started to you know just walk through the length and breadth of the countries, all through the length and breadth of the countries. So uh, how long? Almost uh, about more than ten years. Like I just on the road, on the move, and uh, most of the services I done was on the streets. Mm. Uh, and I, I didn't have a hymn book, and I didn't have a hymn book. I didn't know any Christians. I didn't know any church. Nobody were behind them. But I knew that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, they were with me. <laughs> and each of my step, they were guiding and guarding me and taking me through. So every person that I meet on my way, I don't leave them. Every person that I meet. And Holy Spirit was beautifully uh, start helping me to start the conversations with person from you know, any tribes, any religions, any groups, any areas, because it's a diverse country. 2,700 plus dialects. Wow. Thousands of tribes. So it's very diverse, but the the fullness of the Holy Spirit in me was helping me. Anybody that I'm talking, it's not just in my own language, but I was able to understand the language of other tribe peoples other group peoples and and explain to them the gospels and you know and without a hymn book i was singing song on the words <laughs> and I, I was just my i was just thinking about my lover jesus <laughs> and i was just praising him and singing unto him and glorifying his name and it was an amazing journey and almost 200 times you know i was chased out from many fanatic villages. I was not allowed to go inside. But but in spite of all these persecution, chest out, beaten up, and all those things, the Lord was drawing the hearts of so many people, hundreds and thousands of people, touching lives. And and it was like a mobile church, you know, church after church. This is this is not just one church. If I see a handful of people standing on the roadside, I would look for a good spot and stand a good spot, a stone or something, and stand on that and start talking about Jesus, sing about Jesus, and people just very attentively, they listen. I see the presence of God fall there. I see Jesus visiting there, and people get healed, people get joy and peace and, and discover Jesus in their life. And one guy I could remember, he was on his way to a temple to worship, uh, offer idol worship and other things, and I met him on the way. I told him about Jesus, so he stopped going to the temple and went back to his place again, knowing Jesus. So that's how the Lord began to impact so many people's lives and how, around the countries. How, how many people do you, uh, you were talking about churches and, and, and multiple peoples. How, how many people have, have, has the Lord used you to, to reach out to? Uh, yeah. And the first part of my life, uh, more than 10 years, the first part of my life, and I started my journey, uh, yeah, there were large numbers of people drawn. And, and until today, until today, because of my life and witness and the ministries to other peoples, we have like 70,000 plus 
house churches in India under our networks. Wow. And one house church is typically 15 to 20 people sitting in a house and worshiping the Lord. How how many churches? 70,000. <laughs> 7 70,015 in each church. And uh my my goodness, brother. I mean this is uh this is like the acts of the apostles, you know, it's yeah. uh, <laughs> the acts it's all of about him. <laughs> Uh, you know, um, and so and so you, you those those churches are coming together. And brother, you spoke about going into certain areas, and you said you were beaten up. Is that correct? You were... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, they will just throw stone. They'll just throw stone or stick and chase me out. And one time, one guy gave me a very heavy punch. Uh, he was heavy pants that I just fell down. Uh, I fell down and. Uh, and I woke up again, and two other peoples were with me. And we just prayed, because God spoke to me that I have a plan inside that village. I wanted to go inside that village. And the Lord took us inside that village. And there was a guy who was a seeker of Christ, knew a little bit, but he wanted to find a Christian, met somebody. So that was a fine moment for him when we met him. And I explained the Gospels, and that place turned to be a home church today. <laughs> well, uh, brother, I'm. there's a lot more to talk about. What I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, end the program here because I, I want to carry on talking, and then we can, we can go on from there. So much more that, that we need to talk about. You are listening to The Kingdom and Its Stories. Uh, go and be encouraged and blessed by our brother here. Wherever you are around the world, may you follow Jesus Christ. Jesus defines discipleship as come and follow me. Next Monday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360, we'll hear another testimonial from a leader demonstrating how they and the people of the church are sacrificially loving the needy and beginning to see real change in their communities. If you have a personal example of how you are being the hands and feet of Jesus with your neighbors, we'd love to hear from you. Enter your story at harvestfoundation.org. That's harvestfoundation.org on the Contact Us tab. You can also subscribe to the podcast on The Kingdom and Its Stories on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.